On today's episode, we're going to talk about how to attract your soulmate and seven keys to lasting love. It's going to be a good one, guys. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody. Back in the pod. It's another episode of Candidly with Coffee. I'm alive and still keep on kicking. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be grateful for that. I always say every day now, every day is a fight for my life. I'm fighting to live and I'm fighting to get my health back. Yep, it is. Every day is a blessing. Yes, it is. Don't you think that? A hundred percent. No guarantee. I'm here. So, yep. It wasn't, it's not my time yet. So I'm going to stay here and I'm ready for battle. Yeah. Welcome to, this is episode 490 of Candidly with Coffee. I cannot believe it. We are getting close to 500 episodes of Candidly with Coffee. That's a lot of episodes, man. 500 almost. Wow. Yeah. Getting there. Knocking away. Yeah. So welcome you guys. And thank you for tuning in to another episode Let's see what I got here on the agenda. It is a rainy Sunday, first of all, and I'm excited because after this episode, we've decided we're going to have that tortilla soup. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm all excited about tortilla soup. (laughs) So we found a tortilla soup that was macro-friendly at Costco. And it didn't have quite enough protein in it. So we had we like thought, you know what? Let's add shredded chicken and we can add some cheese or a sliced avocado and have a piece of toast with it or something. It's going to be so good. We're going to make it like a meal instead of a snack, usually a soup that's going to make it like a meal, yeah. protein heavy meal too. I'm always looking for ways to add protein to things like that. I know you got to know the hack. That's why I tell people with tracking macros, don't be so rigid in your program. Find hacks, find things you can make your meals fun. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't stick to the same thing all the time. I agree. I agree. That's the key. That's, that is literally the key to sustainability in the lifestyle. That's freedom to eat what you want and enjoy. I keep saying that. I said that years ago, babe. Things have to taste bland in order to be healthy and they have to be clean. I'm like, no, there's got to be a way that we can have fun enjoying our food and still be good for us. And here we are, 2024, and there's a way now. Lo and behold, guys, Mr. Escobar was onto something long I before I was. Well, I did, yeah. I, I didn't even know about it either. I just kept saying it. Like, there has to be a way. There has to be a way. I don't know what the way is, but there has to be a way. And then macro tracking came about. Yep. And before we get too far into the episode, of course, you guys, thank you so much for your support already. But we'd appreciate you to subscribe to the YouTube channel if you are watching but not subscribed. I was actually watching a vlogger that I love today. And I realized today that I am not subscribed I couldn't believe it, but YouTube feeds you more vlogs when you start getting into someone's vlogs. And so I couldn't believe it. I wasn't subscribed and supporting the channel, but I I instantly subscribed. So that message is you guys that are watching us and it's popping up in your feed. Please subscribe. It helps us a lot. We appreciate it. And also one more thing I want to say is thank you everybody for all the well wishes and prayers. Appreciate it. Yeah. And yeah, so I subscribe because you might be watching every single one of our episodes and not be subscribed like I was. I was shocked. And then, of course, rate us on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't already, give us a five-star review over there. Share the show with friends. Follow us on Instagram, candidly underscore with coffee on Instagram. And you guys, guess what? I've been working on it all weekend, and we have already shot our first episode of Off Topic, which is our Patreon show. And we will be launching Patreon this week. 
So stay tuned for that. And if you are on our Instagram, candidly underscore with coffee, that's where we will announce it. And you'll be able to subscribe if you're interested and catch the first show, which is juicy. Patreon, you guys, is going to be like there's going to be extended candidly with coffee behind the scenes. If you watch, you head over to YouTube, you watch Candidly with Coffee and you want an extended after show, then you head over to Patreon and you'll get another extra five to 10 minutes. Maybe we're complaining. Maybe we're getting, diving a little deeper into some of the hold my coffees, stuff like that. A little juicy. We're going to keep it juicy over there. I get to my, I get to let my lips let loose with no chains on. You know what I'm saying? No filter. <laughs> you can't do that on YouTube. I got to be safe on here. So it's going to be weekly unfiltered episodes. So one episode per week, very casual. If you've tuned in to our um, lives on YouTube, it's similar style, just very casual conversation there, but interesting. And like I said, unfiltered, uncensored. And then we're going to do the after show. And then we're going to do other like exclusive content there too. So we'll do maybe a cooking special, maybe some time with Escobars in the kitchen, things like that. We're going to make it fun for you guys. And it's minimal. It's $7 a month, $7 a month. So imagine that it'll be, end up being like less than a dollar a video. Man, you can't even get a happy man McDonald's for $7, man. Come yeah. On. It's not that expensive. Yeah, it really is not, especially for what we're going to do. And like I said, we already did the first episode and, um, it was juicy. <laughs> Yeah. It was juicy for sure. We we kind of... Uh, Spilled some beans. Yeah, we did. And we probably can, will continue to do so. So make sure you guys support us there and tune into Instagram for when that officially launches this week. I'm just waiting for approval from Patreon, but it's ready to go. And, and I've already got an episode up and there will also be an after show after today's show. We're going to... We'll extend the show a little bit and talk a little bit more um, beyond the episode of maybe some stuff that, you know, we wouldn't say on the episode. Exactly. Get to let loose. Yeah. We'll see. M Mike keeps saying he's going to let loose. I'm dying to know what he's going to let loose about now. <laughs> I don't have to watch my explicit language. You know what I'm saying? That's... You're always worried about my F-bombs, so. No, but I mean, beyond that, it's not just for a show for F-bombs. I know that, but you know what? Not filtered. Yeah. We could talk about a lot of different things that we can't talk about on here. Yeah. So the first episode is actually, I'll give you guys a little teaser. It's the truth about how we met. And we're going to clarify that timeline. So if you want to know yes. the truth about how we met and when we actually met, you're going to have to check it out on the very first episode of Off Topic, which we did solidify the name it is Off Topic. And I, I love it. I think it's perfect. 100%. Use my words against me. Off Topic. <laughs> <laughs> not to get off topic. Yeah. All right, you guys. Well, <sighs> let's get into, speaking of topics, let's get into the hot coffee topic. So the hot coffee topic on today's episode is I binged the first six episodes of Love is Blind yesterday. And so it had me thinking, this is a love episode. We are in February, so it's the love month, right? So this we're going to be talking about love and attraction and things like that. And what better way to start it than with a Love is Blind marathon. If you guys don't watch Love is Blind or if maybe you stopped watching it because the last season was terrible, this season is really good. It's really good. A lot of couples got engaged, so it's pretty interesting. I have zero comments on that show. Only reason is I didn't watch it, so I can't comment on it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, you know. I mean, you'll have comments on what I'm going to say, though. Trust me. 
I'm sure I will. I'm sure the ladies are going to tune in and see what all the juice is all about and the gossip and what's going on over there. Y'all love that stuff. Yeah. Speaking of, y'all have comments because I'm going to have some, I have some questions. Do you feel that love is blind or could be blind? Do you think it's possible to fall in love with somebody without seeing them? And then it be strong enough love that even despite maybe them not being your type, that you could that it would be a strong enough love connection to where it wouldn't matter. Be being honest personally. Yeah, be honest. No, I'm sorry. I have to be attractive too. It all has to go together. I can't do it. I'm they being have honest. to be attractive to you also. Yes. Yeah, that's okay. Be honest. I want you to be honest. I got to be attracted to them. You know what yeah. I'm saying? They have to wow me. How do I explain this? If they sound beautiful behind a closed door and we're meeting behind closed doors, they're just talking on speed and getting to know each other, which is cool conversation. But then I meet them and they don't look what they sound or mm -hmm. something. And I can't do it. I can't. Yeah, because I have a theory. I feel, and I think this is what would happen with me. I think that we would feel or we would imagine what they look like. Because we're not truly just falling in. I don't really believe it's love is blind because our brains are very powerful. Yes, they are. So I don't think it's blind. I don't think you're blind. I think that you're, uh, it, it should be more like love is what I created in my brain. Agreed. Again, I have to see what this person looks like. And I, also, I'm an energy person. It's cool and all to how they do it behind that window or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I've seen each other. But then at the same time is what if we do mean our energies aren't. They're not crossed together. They're mm -hmm. not on the same wavelength. I'm an energy person. Yeah. And like I said, I think that what happens is we hear the voice and then we start to put together like a picture in our brain of what we think the person looks like. There's no way that you're going through the process and you're getting to know someone and you're not visualizing what they look like and you're falling in love with the person you think they look like. Yeah. And then I think what happens is when you meet, it almost feels like it's two different people. Okay, now I'm meeting someone new. The person that I met in the pods, they really didn't exist because my brain, that's not what my brain thought told me that you look like. So I think that's why that first step, because in, in this show, if you don't watch it, they go on a vacation right away after the pods, after they get married, they get engaged. And if they get engaged, they go on a vacation. And the whole process is like fast, like six weeks or something like that. But on the vacation, it they're always like weird with each other. Whereas before they were all in love in the pods and they didn't know anyone any better, blah, blah, blah. But then on the vacation, they're like all weird and awkward. Because... Their mind, it's a mind fuck, excuse my French, but your mind's computing something and it's not making yeah. sense. Damn, this isn't the person that I pictured in my mind and it's off. So now your, your mind's trying to adjust. To, I don't know about this one now. I'm not feeling it. And that's the truth. That's yeah, how I would feel. I see it. And I think, and what I notice is it's like the ones that there is, they just happen to be attractive. Those that it's a faster reconciliation. But when it's, whoa, that was, that's not my type. This is weird. It's a slow reconciliation and usually it doesn't quite work. But I think um, if we met in there, we would hit it off because the way we talk, our mm -hmm. energies. And then when we see each other, we really hit it off. We're like, okay, we match. I'm right. Like, Got an idea. All right, cool. But if you look like something that you don't sound or something in my mind, like, damn, nah, I can't do it. Yeah, because I think a lot of people can sound really freaking good and then 
you're like, whoa. Have you ever... Oh, I know the, a story. Okay, <laughs> you'll have to tell me that in a second. But have you ever like seen, like you hear a radio DJ, a popular radio DJ, and then you finally see what they look like and you're like, what? Yeah, you're like, wow, this guy sounded really good. He got a radio voice, sounds really good. And then you yeah. see him personally. I did not imagine the way he looks that. Yeah. How he sounds. It's weird. Yeah. Okay, what's your story? I had a friend, his wife... They had to make ends meet. And I don't even know why he told me this, but you remember when people used to call into those lines, oh the sex God. lines, and they talked dirty? His wife was one of those workers, and she was a heavy set Samoan lady. And she was not. And a lot of them were heavy set and overweight, though. They had really good phone voices, but in real life, they weren't what they sound like, if that makes sense. I hope I explained that correctly. Yes, you and oh those? my gosh, the phone sex. Yes, the phone sex. People call in. That's old school. For some of you youngins don't know, some of these guys get the rocks off. There was really no access to porn like that back then. So I had these lines you call, and they charge you, I don't know, two ninety nine a minute. You call, and you get your rocks off because they breathe heavy and talk dirty to you over the phone line. I wonder if there's even such a thing as that anymore. No. They even advertised it on TV on infomercials late night. I used yes. to see it. You remember that? I know you've seen it. I do remember that's old, that. That's hella old school. I don't know if they do that anymore. But, again, that voice... Probably sound super sexy and deep and, and when you see them in real life, whoa, that's not what you look like. I thought that's how you sound and what you look like in my mind. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Okay. So on this topic, so on the show, there was a very specific situation that happened. There was this one guy, he was, he was uh, getting a connection with two different girls. One of the girls... And I'm going to be, my opinion was one of them was super attractive. One of them was just like, you're average. Yeah. And, but he veered toward, he ended up veering towards the girl that wasn't as attractive. But during their courtship, she mentioned that people have told her that she looks like Megan Fox. I happened to catch a piece of that episode while you were watching it. When she said that, I think me and your son caught it. You're watching the living room and. We both started laughing like, no, you don't. Not but here's close. my thing. I knew watching the minute that she said that he was going to then fall in love with the image of Megan Fox. Yes, exactly. For those of you who don't know, Megan Fox is Transformers. That was the blow up of her career. Every, every guy fell in love with Megan Fox. Black hair, pretty blue eyes, exotic. She's still attractive this day to this day. The chick that said that is you're not even close, sweetheart. Sorry, I, I don't want to be a dickhead, but you're not even in the same realm. But I knew that this, I'm like, oh man, the other girl is screwed because no matter what, he's he is going to think that this one looks like Megan Fox and that's who he's going to fall in love with her even more because he has a visual. Yes. That's why I mean like this whole love is blind thing or the concept of the show but our brains don't work like that. Your brain will formulate a picture. Yeah, I agree. And listen, everybody's different. Some people, they're not into, does, attraction doesn't matter to them. They just fall in love with the person, their personality, whatnot. Every, we're all different. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I don't judge. If that's what you like, cool. But for me, I have to be attracted to you. You know what I'm saying? That's just the way it goes. So the guy that when they did, when he did finally see her, he was... You could tell he was caught off guard by her looks. He's, and he even said it in an interview after the fact. He was like, wow, she lied to me. She said she looked like Megan Fox. First of all, she didn't actually say, I look like Megan Fox. She said, I've been told that, but I don't. She goes, don't get your hopes up. I have dark hair and light eyes, and that's why it didn't matter. To me, it was like, 
she already said it. It's going to formulate the picture in the brain. Yeah. That's it. Yes. But he has some freaking nerve, though, to be so, like, he was rude to her. And you could tell he's, like, trying to convince himself that he's attracted to her, but he's not. But who the fuck does this guy think he is? Because he's a nerd, in my opinion. I don't know. Trying to put himself on a high horse, huh? What's he look like? Oh, homie, look at you. He, <laughs> let me say something. Let me say something. Let me, let, me, let me say something for you ladies, because I don't want to beat y'all down. Love the ladies. But listen, some of these fucking dudes out of here, they put themselves on the pedestal like they're all that and then some. They ain't shit. Trust me. They ain't nothing. And don't ever let them make you feel like you're any less than them because they ain't nothing. They I know. Them. So when I saw, okay, okay, my, my thing is, so you think that you are of caliber that you had, that you could pick a woman that looked like Megan Fox? Like you put yourself in her. If, bro. Bro. Yeah. No. Not even close, And dog. he makes me, I do not like him at all. Now, her, she has. She's potential. She has a lot. You know what her issue is? It's not her look. She's a pretty girl. Yeah. It's her confidence. Yeah. She exudes insecurity. And that, let me tell you something, ladies. Take it from me. We pick up on that real quick. Don't do that. If you show any type of insecurity, man's going to walk all over you, not take you serious, and not really feel you. Men love a little bit of a challenge. Mm -hmm. We love a confident woman. But the thing is, see, it's she has a her picker is off because she had another guy that she could have chosen between. I, I should have said there's a spoiler alert, you guys, for this show for Selvis Bind, but there's another guy she could have picked that she didn't, and he was much more into her and much more like the right pick for her. But she picked the other guy who was a little bit of a jerk vibe or whatever. So she's got a bad picker. And that's why she has a bad track record with with men. Let me tell you something. Why you said that? I must. I'm a talk on that jerk subject friend of mine when he was single his method of picking up women his his whole shtick was he was a fucking asshole and he knew he knew it he was an asshole to women and the more of an asshole he was the more these women loved this dude it's crazy you know who he is i don't want to say his name online you know who he is you know who his crazy wife is oh yes i know he exactly he was a dick he said that you can't be nice to him you gotta be an asshole they love you more if you're an asshole and for some reason women love that jerk kind of asshole you're too nice too nerdy, too much. Women will walk all over. They don't want that. We're going to get into that, though. But that if somebody wants, if if somebody craves that drama, and we're going to get into that in this episode later. And I had that couple in my brain when I was doing this, by the way. I you know, know what you're talking, talking about. about. Mm -hmm. If they crave that kind of drama and tumultuous kind of thing, that's a trauma. That's a trauma. That's a trauma bond. It's not a healthy relationship. It's no. not a true. It's not a true healthy, long-lasting potential relationship. And if the dude don't respect you from the rip, from the start, and tries to treat you like he's above you and you're beneath him, man, walk away from his ass. He ain't shit. Trust me. He ain't nothing. These guys be thinking they're all that and then yeah. something like they're special. Walk away from them. Yeah, in this, I feel like I want to reach through the camera and, and shake this girl. Like, you're so concerned with whether he still likes you and does he like you and are you good enough for him? Is he good enough for you? Exactly. Because I don't think he is. Exactly. You know? And that's what a lot of women have to realize. Don't be thinking, does he like me? Am I pretty enough? Hell no. Nah. You better ask yourself, do I like him? Is he on my level? Don't flip it around. Yeah. Grow some confidence. Yeah. That's that's how I feel. And we're going to get into this more. It just perfectly leads into that. But first, before we do that, I do want to get into comment corner. So let's go ahead and go over some comments. No hold my coffee today. The last hold my coffee was enough hold my coffees for a month. Yeah, she's bye-bye. <laughs> Which, by the way, we did for the first time ever 
in a YouTube. I've never done it to anyone on YouTube before. We blocked her and she's a longtime listener of the show, but she went way below the belt, weaponized, literally weaponizing information, vulnerable information that I've shared on this show about grieving for my mom and all of that. She weaponized it against me. And I was like, that's it. That, gr that girl's miserable, sad, has no man in her life. She's just angry, hater, jealous, all the above you could think of. That was her. So she had to get blocked. You blocked off my channel too. Yeah, I did. Block a Rooney. See ya. All right. Moving on to happier things. Comic corner. Loca Loco. Praying for you, Mike. You got this. You both are amazing. Thank you for sharing this extremely important vlog. Thank you. Got to make people yeah. aware. That way, if everything I talked about and went through, if you witness it firsthand or see it, it is your duty to hop on that phone and call 911 and save a life. Don't hesitate. Mm -hmm. Also, don't ask the person that's in distress, that's going through something, that, that there's something going on. They're not in the right mind to make, they always want to downplay. They're not going to be the always. one to say, yes, call 911. They're going to say, I'm fine. I'm fine. Do not ask them. If you see an alarming, they can decline an ambulance once the ambulance arrives. They're not on the hook for the ambulance ride unless they get into it. They can decline it. So if you see someone in distress, just call 911. Don't even second guess it. You could be saving a life. And at the very worst, you can just be in a situation where they have to then decline an ambulance. And that's that. Yeah. If I'd known I was full-blown having a stroke, of course I would have called 911. But me being a man and being macho and I'm strong and this and that... I, I thought I was fine. I, I declined any help. Toughed it out. Next one comes to us from Full House in November 06, or NOV 06. Keep doing you. Don't worry about the haters. Love you guys. Continued prayers for Mike's recovery. Thank you. Thank you. The next one is Diana Denver Real Estate. Hi, Diana. So happy to see Mike back. When the haters come out, you have arrived. Unfortunately, it seems to be how it is. Thank goodness you both have thick skin. I have only been a viewer a short time, but you quickly have become my favorite channel. You are real and authentic. Also, I find it so impressive how much you engage with your audience. Kudos to you both. Keep on doing an amazing job. She's right about that. When you're doing something right and climbing to that top, we talked about it. The mm -hmm. haters come left and right. Just got to keep swinging the bat and knocking them out of the way. Yep. But it, like I said, it's a sign that we're doing something right. Okay. Next up, Jenny B4835. Glad Mike is okay and on the mend. Keep talking about the things that make people uncomfortable. That's the very reason the rest of us watch you guys is because you're willing to speak up and be honest about topics that we've been conditioned to think is not appropriate to talk about. But it's real life and I love learning about ways I can be proactive for mine and my family's health. Not sure if you guys have talked about this before, but I'm curious on your thoughts thoughts about the Panera drinks and other energy drinks that young people have been drinking and then going to be going to the hospital for being hospitalized. So I wanted to answer that. So there is controversy. So Panera bread has a lemonade. It's called a charged lemonade and it has 390 milligrams of caffeine in it. Yeah. And that's not the problem. The problem is actually there's free refills. Of course. Because I didn't know nothing about it. I saw that comment, and I, had to, I responded back to her. I said, I can't really give you any input on this because I don't know nothing about that drink. But yeah, 390, I do, I do. 390 milligrams for, one, for what, 12-ounce drink, I'm assuming, maybe? Yeah, I think it's like a cup. I don't know, but it's 390. Dude. For someone's, they're refilling their thing, it's 390. And free refills on top of that? No. And Panera Bread launched a sip club 
that's $12 a month. And it was like launched last year and you get free unlimited drinks with your sip club. So they buy it one. I mean, you pay a monthly fee and then they get it. They can go in there every day and they can get these drinks. That's way too much caffeine. And that's the problem. Especially for young people. 390 one cup. That's like my daily limit for me. I'm a grown ass man. A kid. Yeah, you're going to give him a heart attack probably. So you haven't said he just has two, three refills Mm -hmm. every day. No, it's so I think it's what the problem is. And with energy drinks, that's Panera Bread. And so they're facing a lawsuit. The problem is specifically caffeine. When you overconsume it, it's already a problem. Right. But what has been happening is you might have and we just found this out when you were in the hospital. Yes. You could have a heart condition that's undiagnosed. Yep. And something like that, like over consuming caffeine will give you a heart attack more easily than someone who doesn't have the heart condition. So a lot of the times when you see the people dropping dead of the heart attack or having the cardiac arrest or situations like that, it's because they had an undiagnosed heart condition and now they're over consuming caffeine, which is it's a problem. Major problem. Especially if your heart, your heart already has to work hard as it is. All right. Now you're pumping extra stuff into it and, and over supercharging, as I like to call it. You're putting like supercharged fluid in there and mm-hmm. making it pump even harder. Like you're willing a heart attack to yourself. And even beyond the heart attack, caffeine for young, young people already, they're struggling with like the hormones and all of that stuff. Too much caffeine for them is going to give them heart palpitations, poor sleep, high anxiety, really bad. I my So my personal stance is to answer your question. I think energy drinks should be 18 and up. 100% wholeheartedly agree with you. Shouldn't mm-hmm. be for kids. I didn't I didn't drink much caffeine as a kid. A coffee here and there. Yeah, I didn't n- Nothing crazy. No energy drinks. That wasn't even available in our time. But nowadays, and these kids who stay on social media for hours are probably down in cup after cup and not realizing they're overstimulating their body. Overkill. Too much. Yeah, so I think that you should be 18 and up. I think that, but you got to look at energy drinks and a look i'm not i like i said pot calling the kettle black i drink an energy drink a day i coffee actually i need a little bit of caffeine and coffee believe it or not i'm more candidly with coffee so the irony i haven't been able to drink my coffee lately it's upsetting my stomach when i drink coffee acidic that's why so i the energy drink doesn't upset my stomach but i have one and i monitor my caffeine intake and i'm an adult but I don't think that kids should have the ability to walk into a 7-Eleven and basically get drunk off of caffeine. Yeah, not to get off topic, <laughs> but we had a friend admit to us when he had his heart attack, he was down five to seven energy drinks a day. Mm-hmm. At, what was he, 49 mm-hmm. years old, I believe he told me he was? Yeah, so that's deadly. That's un- deadly. Right. But even a little bit over for someone that has some sort of heart condition or for for a child who's smaller could be deadly. But if you consume 1,400 milligrams of caffeine, that's crazy. The Bang Energy drinks are like 380 milligrams of caffeine. I didn't know that. That's nuts. I haven't really drank those that much. I did more like Monsters when I did do them. Dangerous. Yeah. The ones I drink have one... Between 170 to 200 milligrams. And like I said, it doesn't matter because I monitor my caffeine intake. So at the, I drink, I love my Diet Coke. You guys know I love Diet Coke, but I drink only caffeine-free Diet Coke. Unless I'm under my limit and can afford to have a little bit, I'll have a little bit. But I don't drink any caffeine after 1 p.m. I don't want to mess with my sleep. I monitor it. But again, just like with alcohol, like 
you have to have be an adult to make those kinds of decisions. But the energy drink companies, they cater to the color. They're colorful and they're very, they cater to, to attract young kids. Yeah. They better be ready because lawsuits are coming because you you can't be doing this. You can't give, you can't give, can't stimulate kids' bodies yet. They're growing, they're acclimated. Me and you can have caffeine. We're older. We've been drinking caffeine forever. Our body's acclimated to it. These kids are still growing. They're not acclimated. They're overdoing it. That's the problem. I need to ask, speaking of this made me think, because I know Alyssa likes energy drinks too. She doesn't drink coffee. I need to make sure she only drinks one a day. I do believe she only drinks one a day. And she does ghost lifestyles now. She got away from doing bangs, which I'm glad because I didn't realize bangs had so much caffeine. Too much. Yeah, that's way too much. And then when that stops working, then you want another one. Now you're doubling your caffeine intake. It's because there's you get addicted. You literally get addicted to them. It's another addiction. That's what you have to be careful of. I'm glad you don't drink them because you can't be affording no. No, I got to be cool with the with the uh, caffeine intake. I'm, I monitor now. You yeah. know, we do the. You got me the uh, decaf coffee pots for the afternoon. When I'm craving coffee, so mm-hmm. I do drink. I drink decaf in the afternoon when I'm craving coffee. I like the taste more. It's not even for the caffeine for me, you guys. I've been drinking coffee since I was a kid, so it's more, I just love the taste of it. Yeah, you do love your decaf. So you gotta let me know if you're running low so I can restock because you those sell out. They don't always have them in stock. Yeah, more and more people going to decaf because mm-hmm. we gotta cut back. All right. Thank you so much for those comments. We really appreciate We love interacting with you guys in the comments. So continue to comment and you usually will, both of us will pipe in, not just one of us because we do love that. We've built a community here and I appreciate it and I, yes. if you guys may not realize this, but sometimes him, uh, Mike and I will have conversations and we're talking about you guys like we know you as well. So I know some of you guys say it's so weird. Like we feel like we know you, but we feel like we know you guys too. It's like we created a big ass community. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. An extended family. Yeah. It's pretty cool. All right. Moving on. So today's topic, I want to talk and I'm going to give credit where credit is due. I came across a podcast and I listened to it from Lewis Howes. If you guys don't follow Lewis Howes, he's got some good guests on his show. He did some good topics. I love it. Do you know who he is? Lewis House. I've yeah. heard the name. Yeah. You would probably, if you saw him, you would know him. Yeah, I'd have to see him. Yeah. Anyways, he did a good episode and he was touching on a lot of this stuff. And it just made me think, cause I love hearing about relationship stuff and then thinking about how our relationship and how it applies to applies to this stuff and where we went right, where we went wrong and what we need to work on. I like to, nobody's perfect. Everybody needs to work on their relationships, but so we're not, trust me, I'm not on any high horse relationship expert. But we've gone through some things, though. Yeah, definitely. Okay, let's get right into it. So this is going to be um, some tips on how to have everlasting love, like how to not only find it, the right love, but keep it going. Because a lot of the things we do right in the beginning, and then we let it fall off and we stop doing them. And we just think we're just going to be good forever. And that, evolve. Like yeah, we say you have to evolve even in relationships, just like life. You have to evolve. You have to evolve in your relationship as well. Yeah. And I do feel also that relationships, they go through good times and bad times. Peaks and valleys. Yeah. As my client Marisa likes to say, peaks and valleys. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's important because when you're in a valley, just remember, okay, this is temporary. If, if you've done all the other work, which we're going to get into it, if you're in the wrong relationship already, like it's just dead wrong, then these tips aren't going to help you. No. If you are in the right relationship, but maybe you've gotten complacent, these tips are going to help you. Or if you're single, these tips are going to help you. Or if you're trying to decide 
whether you're in the right relationship or not and what when you're going to pull the plug on something that's just never going to work, this, maybe this might help you too. I'm not trying to be this love month and all, but I'm not trying to be the bearer of bad news. But I do feel, I truly feel that it, you don't want to, like I always say, you don't want to walk this earth, not look, having the opportunity to, to master your body and look yes. and feel your best. Yes. You don't want to walk this earth, not knowing what it's like to have like your soulmate. And you've already, this is your second marriage. So you already been through one. So you mm -hmm. have experience that I don't have. So you know the, do's and don'ts of that, which mm -hmm. you don't, you didn't like of your last relationship. Yeah. And I like that to have comparison points of course. and maybe that's what we'll dive into a little bit in the after show, more detail there. But for, yeah, I just think that it's pretty amazing when you find a partner in life. And I hate to think that people are settling because, oh, I made this decision. So now I just have to stay in it. And I think that that's a big disservice because we only get one life. Me too. I always say this, ladies. If the Titanic is sinking, think about you being on that, in that movie, The Titanic, when the Titanic is sinking. Are you going to get in the rowboat and row safety or are you going to sink with that ship? You have to ask yourself that. You got one life. Are you going to live or die? Are you going to go down with the Titanic or you're going to hop on that rowboat with the rest of the ladies and go to shore and save yourself? So think about that. Don't, I always say, don't go down with the sinking ship. Mm -hmm. So there are three things that how to choose a partner when you're choosing a partner. There are three things that you should have like in the forefront, like thinking about values, vision, lifestyle. You got to You got to have similar values, similar vision for the future yes. and a similar lifestyle. Very similar. Can't be off. You like I always say I'm an energy person. We're both energy people, Aquariuses. So our energies have to align. If they're mm -hmm. not aligned, if something's off, there's going to be friction at all times. Mm hmm. In a successful relationship, there's peace, gratitude, harmony, an environment of love, like a peaceful, you should be striving for a peaceful, thriving relationship. I think a lot of times people don't associate the word peaceful with their relationship, but the majority of time, even though you people argue and they get into friction and stuff, but the majority of your relationship should be pretty peaceful. Yeah. You shouldn't have a relationship that every day it's tense. Every day you guys got to fight or argue about something or disagree on something. Like every day? No. That ain't mm -hmm. peaceful. Mm -mm. And see, a lot of people, so there are a lot of people that are in like these passionate, dramatic relationships. Those cha chaos, I, I call it, their relationship is kind of chaos. And they have like high, high highs and low lows. They may think they they want that and they like that, but that's not sustainable. That's not lasting love. Usually they crash and burn eventually. Those relationships tend to not last and they're usually built on, they each individually came to the relationship with some serious traumas. How many times we've seen those relationships since we've been together? They're not around anymore, right? Yeah, no. They all crashed and burned, every single one yeah. of them. yeah. They just, they don't last. They're not, it's not the recipe for a lasting relationship. It, they don't know how to receive love. They think that someone is that's controlling them is loving them. It's just all, all fucked wrong. up from childhood. All wrong. All wrong. A lot of trauma. Once I see trauma in someone and trauma that I don't like and I don't want, I'm out. I'm not accepting that trauma. Sorry. You know what? You were very emotionally intelligent when it came to relationships. I remember when we first got together, you would openly tell me that like you were you did not want someone that had a lot of issues and traumas and daddy issues like you were very aware whether somebody was coming into a relationship with either daddy issues or 
issues based on their past relationships. Yeah, because I went through that with my ex. I don't want to blast her, but she had issues. Mm-hmm. She had issues from her ex and past trauma and everything. And I seen it, and I spotted it, but I spotted it way too I spotted it way too late. I was too young back then. I wasn't sharp. I got sharp as I got older. Being single taught me a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Taught me what I didn't want. Mm-hmm. And I seen it all. Ups and downs. I seen, if I'm dating a woman and she has nothing but baby daddy drama, I don't want to be part of that. What the hell I want to be? Why? I have no kids. I want to involve myself in something like that. It has nothing to do with me. Or she has this possible violence in herself where she can bring it out of me. I don't want that either. I don't want to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. So I was cautious. I, was, I had my guard up the whole time. I kept my shields up. It taught me a lot being single. I learned a lot when I was single. I learned a lot. I've seen it a lot because I dated a lot, which was good. It gave me a lot of experience. Yeah, and I think that the most important thing, what you just said there, was that you learned from a past relationship. And I think a lot of people don't do that. They keep getting into the same problem and making the same freaking mistakes. How often do we see that? You see it right now. Right now, as we speak, we've seen it right now, but Mm -hmm. they don't listen. Mm -hmm. What's the definition of insanity where we say? Doing the same thing over and over, thinking something is going to change. And when I know, I feel because I dive into these topics and I I learn a lot about this stuff. And I feel like I I know, I see the relationships that I think, okay, this one has potential. It's just they need to work on this, that, or the other. Or I see the ones that know this is wrong. It's unfixable because of the core issues that are wrong. And it's hard because you cannot, and I'm going to tell you if you're helping friends through this or dealing, people come to you advice or whatever, you cannot tell somebody what to do with their relationship. They have to figure it out on their own. Never works. Every time you give them advice, tell them what they should do, give them your two cents, they don't listen. They do the complete opposite. And let me stay on the subject mm-hmm. of daddy issues, mm-hmm. why that's a big one for me. I don't want to fix nobody, man. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. If you have abandonment issues and all that, who am I? How am I going to fix you? You're going to have that with me. That means you're going to have insecurities. You're going to be blowing up my phone one of mine at all times. Chances are you're going to be extremely jealous. Chances are you're going to come with a lot of drama. Chances are you might be even a violent person. You might bring that out of me. I don't want that. Those are the issues I don't want. So again, I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. You need to go fix that on your own. Sorry you went through that, but that's not my doing. Not my job to fix you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, so, that's so smart because it's a lot. It's in line with a lot of the things that I'm talking about today. Because what happens is the problem is people enter into relationships when they're not ready for a relationship. You have to fix your shit. You really do. You have to fix your shit. If yeah. you can't fix yourself first and you can't figure out what ails you, what's wrong, why are you failing at relationships, you cannot get into another relationship till you figure that out. And a lot of times people, they have the most common fears that people have when their shit's not fixed. It's intimacy, inadequacy, and abandonment. Like you just said, abandonment. Yep, exactly. And ladies, work on yourselves first. Stop chasing relationships. Stop chasing men. Not saying you are, but stop worrying about being in a relationship so damn much. Look at yourself and be like, you know what? I need to work on myself. Start fixing yourself. Start fixing your mindset and start fixing your your physical it all aligns. Once you start doing that and you become happy with yourself, your relationship should be that much better when you get with the right person. Yeah. So like when we get into this thing, there's seven keys, which Lewis Howes went over. And the very first one, the seven keys to a lasting relationship, the very first one is self-love. You cannot get into a relationship with somebody else and expect somebody else to love you and adore you and all these things if you do not even love yourself. 
Super facts, 100% accurate. So I say you got to work on yourself first. Yeah. And I think that's why, even though I was just out of a, a relationship or whatever, when I met you, I did love myself. I thought I was, <laughs> maybe I love myself too much. I thought I was a catch. Like I felt like I was a I was successful. I took care of myself. I felt like I was easygoing, that I knew how to have fun. I wasn't controlling. Like I felt like I was a catch. But now that I realize that it was, that put me in a really good position to meet someone because I was ready to meet someone and I felt lovable. If you do not feel like some, you don't deserve love, then why do you think anybody's going to give it to you? And you exuded that. And I got, and I picked up on all that. Because if I picked up on anything funny, oh, this shit just got out of marriage. Oh, she's not ready. Well, I'm going to take her serious. We'll have a little fun, but that's as far as it's going to go. I'm not ever going to let my emotions get involved. But you exuded all, everything you just said, you exuded that. And a smart, sharp person will pick up on that. Someone who's dialed in, who really knows what's up, especially when we're older. I was already in my 30s, mm -hmm. mid-30s. Pick up on it like that. And that's why, like, when you get in relationships too young, and that's what happened with my first marriage, I was way too young. You're I did not have enough emotional intelligence to make these dis determinations. Did they have child traumas? Did I have child traumas? Were we ready to even enter into a relationship like that? A contract, if you will, yes. at such a young age, you don't have anything figured out. And the answer is no. You're what? 20? 21? 20. When you got married? Mm -hmm. You're a baby. What do you know at 20 years old? You're still wet behind the ears, man. Mm -hmm. You don't know nothing. Mm -hmm. There's no way you're going to have emotional intelligence. That's why no one, I couldn't knock you and no one should be able to knock you. But like, her, male, her marriage failed. She was a failure. No, she got married at 20 years old. She took, she swung the bat, took a shot, missed, and it happened. And then you learn. You learned over time. Okay, you started getting better and better. A decade passed by. Oh, now I know. Now I'm 10 years smarter and sharper. Yeah. And at least I learned from it though. I didn't make the same mistake again. I learned from it. And, and one thing that, that he talked about in his podcast was if you want something, if there's something that you want, and this actually applies to many things, including your health and fitness and your body goals and aesthetics <clears throat> as well. You have to become it first. You have to become the energy yep. that you are trying to attract. Yes. And not to get off topic, but one of the things that I took from becoming a coach and motivating other men, inspiring other men that are my age is create the man you admire, the man there that I go. see in the mirror every day, mm -hmm. and give him to the world. I did that. I did the hard things, did my macros, stayed on point, and people respect you because of that, because they know the kind of work and discipline it takes, mm -hmm. and other people respect you. Women and men, mm -hmm. opposite sex respect you. Like, wow, this person puts in work. They're not a slacker yeah. or lazy. A lot of people look at it like aesthetics, but it's the discipline, the strong mindset you built. It's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, so then you attract that. Exactly. And then you attract that in somebody else. So then you will yes. attract another person that's confident, that's also put in the work on themselves and done their self-work and stuff. So like you definitely had a lot of confidence. So you came in with the self-love. Yes. I came in with the self-love. Yes. So we attracted to each other based on that. There is no way I just find you would steamroll over women who have who lack self-confidence. 100%. Especially when I was a trainer. They thought I was assessing them. And I go, oh, here we go. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah. I first heard the mom bod thing. I got some chicks that I just have a mom bod. I was like, what the fuck is a mom bod? But did she say it in the act? Like when you guys were getting naked? I think so. <laughs> a lot of them were insecure. Let's just say that. Lights got to be turned off. They weren't confident in themselves. And I pick up on that quick. I'm like, oh, yeah, this ain't going to be the one for me. 
Yeah. So that's what I mean. That's what I mean. It's like you have to come in like loving yourself and feeling worthy of love, being in a position where, you know, that's important. And I think people don't, they skip that step. Like in this Love is Blind episode, this girl is so insecure, worried about whether the guy is liking her or not. Like you don't even love yourself. How do you expect him to love you? It's clear to me that you don't love yourself by the way you're acting. Happens a lot. And a lot of women don't realize what they're doing. They're so worried about does a man like him? Is he into me? Is he this and that? Are you into you? Do you like you? You got to ask yourself that. Do you see what you like in the mirror or anything? Do you feel your energy? Do you love your energy? Do you love yourself? Ask yourself those questions first before trying to receive it from someone else. Again, that's the type of stuff that needs therapy. It's like traumas. It's where because you can't love yourself until you feel like someone else loves you. Your self-worth comes from somebody else's love of you and not your own love of yourself. And that is something that you have to fix. They're looking for affirmation in the other sex. That's the problem. I look for affirmation within yourself. Listen, I ain't tooting my own horn like I'm the best looking dude or even that. I never even looked at myself like that. Am I attractive, guys? What I do know is I was a confident dude. That's what I do know. And what I do know is I put in work on myself. Always. I always kept myself for the most part in good shape, worked out, and I know people respect that. Because, again, confidence exudes positive energy. Yeah, and that's where confidence comes from, though. So it doesn't – you don't necessarily – have to if you feel confident you just you actually just look better and you look better to the opposite sex and if you in order to feel confident you have to do the things you know you need to do but it doesn't mean like you're changing your appearance but you will be more attractive is what i'm saying your confidence exudes attraction you exude a different energy but the problem is a lot of times in order to build that confidence it does help if you work on the external as well as the internal. That's how you build the confidence. But you can build confidence without the external. I have been a very confident person at many different stages in my life. When I look back and go, wow, why do I, why was I so confident? You got pictures of us in Miami, Cabo. I'm standing next to you. And those goddamn long board shorts with my gut hanging <laughs> yeah, out everywhere. You were confident AF. Yes. You what had, was I thinking? I I still, I, it's an internal thing. It's internal. But here, let me say another thing is, again, I never looked at myself like this Rico Suave or Pretty Boy Dude. I would steamroll over pretty boys. Steam, better looking dudes. Mm-hmm. Steamroll them. They, 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 didn't, they didn't have the kind of confidence that I'd pull women that they couldn't pull. Mm-hmm. Why is that? They're the pretty boy dude. Because of were, the confidence. They, they, were sli- they were lacking something, right? Yeah, for sure. Because it, it comes from within. Yeah, it comes from within. But if you do the things that you know you need to do to take care of yourself, it helps build that confidence for sure. So if if you're wondering how to build that confidence, it does help. Also, if you're struggling with past traumas and stuff, you got it. You got to work on that. So I want to move on to the next thing that's very important, and it is communication. And this is interesting. This what really um, intrigued me, because giving and receiving communication. But the most important thing about communication is not communicating with your mouth. It's actually listening to the other person. True. Listening to your spouse, listening to your mate who you're dating, your boyfriend, as you would say, your Sancho. Sancho, Sancho. (laughs) (laughs) Got to give them love too, man. Can't exclude them. Say that. I knew you were going to say that. But yes, it's you have to. 
list. You have to learn to listen without interrupting and always feeling like you're going to add your two cents and truly listen, like receive the information and not just be pretending to listen by being quiet, but you're really just concocting what you're going to say next. Yeah. Yeah. You have to learn how to listen. The key to being a great communicator is listening. You're right. Say less, do more. Yeah. I think that's important. But here's, this is another one. This is a, this is one of the most, the biggest takeaways I took from this episode that I heard of his. If you want to be a good communicator and you want to be a good listener, you need to ask questions. I think that people are so self-absorbed these days. They don't ask people questions and really want to know the answer. That's the best way to be a communicator. That's. Damn, he hit the nail on the head yeah. with that one. That's a good one. Yeah. I, and that one for me, I made a note of that. You know what? I need to ask more questions. I need to ask you more questions. That depends on the topics. I ask you a lot of questions. Yeah. On certain things. And I, know I, and I know I've never been the best communicator as well. Sometimes I yeah. get sidetracked. Yeah. You need help in that department. Yeah, you're right. Actually, now that I think about it. I get a little sidetracked, whether it be my phone, TV or something. Yeah, we're going to talk about that actually to digital detox. But yes, you need to, I think we can both improve on. Let's just say asking questions is something you and I can both improve upon and active listening. You do struggle with listening sometimes when yeah. I'm trying to talk to you. Yeah, my, my ADHD brain of mine <laughs> just goes its own direction. But we've talked, we've actually talked about this before on where we we feel like we could have better strengths as communication. So this is not new. We can definitely work on this. And I think out of everything that we're going over today, I think that this is probably our only thing. And it's not only that's it because it's a big one. Communication's big. But I think that everything else, I think we get an A. And that communication, I say we get a, um, a B, sometimes a B minus. Fair enough. Would you say that's an accurate? Probably, yeah. Great. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But in terms of, for me specifically, I would like to remember this. And not this is not just for mates and relationships, but learn, remembering to ask people questions. Yeah. Just in general, in life. Ask questions. Don't be afraid. Yeah. For ask sure. I 100% agree. I like that one. All right. So the next one is vulnerability. In order for us to be vulnerable, we have to feel like we have a, a safe environment that we feel safe in order to be vulnerable to show emotion. Because if, because the first time, if you show emotion and someone tries to shut you down, chances are you're not going to show emotion again. You're just going to, you're going to internalize it because you don't feel like it's a safe space. And that's breed. It's a breeding ground for traumas. You've talked about this before. You said that you were told not to cry. Yeah. Not by a woman, my father, but I always carried that with me, not to cry. So you hold that in. But then if you hold that in too long, guess what? Going to erupt. Yeah. It creates a trauma. And I think that those traumas that you created by holding it in, not feeling like you could express your feelings, those were traumas that you had to work through. You probably should have worked through those before getting into a serious relationship, but you really, those manifested in you when you had your mental breakdown. Yeah. And that was part of it because you were going through something and you were not, you didn't feel comfortable being vulnerable because you were conditioned as a child to not show emotion. So that emotion exploded inside of you into a, a complete mental breakdown. 
So after that, the benefit of your, your mental breakdown, though, is it allowed you to work through that and you identified it and you no longer trap your emotion anymore. You're very emotional now and you let it out. You cry more than I do. That's because I got my mother's damn emotions. I used to get mad, too, because I used to cry in secret, not because... I'm sad or nothing, just my emotions. And I know exactly who I get it from. My mother was a crier, big time, very emotional, but also very turned up. Mm -hmm. my, mom, my, my mother blew, she blew, just like yeah. I do. Yeah. She had the crazy emotions. But see, so if you can be vulnerable in your relationship, like truly vulnerable and share when you're going through something or share your authentic feelings, then you create a deeper relationship. And that's probably why I would say that even though the things that we've gone through have been very difficult, those things have made us stronger because ev every time we go through something big, it allows us even more comfortability to be vulnerable with each other. And I think that creates a, even a deeper bond. That's true. That's true. You gotta, you just gotta be, gotta be honest with yourself, man. Just let it out straight up. I think we talked about that even on my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And I think a few women or two piped in, oh, men shouldn't cry. Listen, sweetheart, I don't just sit on every day and break down and cry. It ain't like that. It's just if I see a, an animal, one of ours pass away or any animal, I get super emotional or empathetic. Sorry, mm -hmm. that's just how I'm built. But I always tell people, don't get it twisted. There's that beast that wants to come out of, outside of me too, though. If you can't be vulnerable in a relationship, it usually means it's a surface level. And again, that's not that's why it's not a key to a lasting relationship. Surface level relationships don't last. They They fizzle out. Yeah, true. They never do. Might be last that first year, happy-go-lucky, you're chasing yourself around, peaches and roses. After that wears off, then what is it? What, what, what's the relationship after that? Mm -hmm. Nothing. Yeah. Done. All right. The next one is acceptance and respect. Accepting the, the person you get with for who they are, not getting with someone and then trying to change them. You, you're, you're with them and you're trying to build a lasting, loving relationship because you love them, not the person that you want them to become. So acceptance, respect, not being judgmental, not making them feel like they need to change or be different, or you think they need to make changes. That's lack of respect for who they are as a person. If you feel like they need to make changes, you pick the wrong person. I always tell you, that's the only thing I paid attention to. What I always say, I don't need a second mother. If I felt a woman tries to come in and Change who I am or mother me to death, I'm out. See ya. Hell no. No, no. That's no. Crossing the line right there. And you know how we talked about just in the previous, we talked about co communication, right? And the importance of communication is asking questions. See, we're building something here. So if you do not accept and respect the person that you are with and you want them to change all these things, guess what? That's on you. That means you had poor communication early on and you didn't ask enough questions. You don't know, you didn't get to know who they truly were because you were all hung up on the chemicals and the oxytocin and the lust and the bedroom yeah, and the, the chemical attraction that you skipped over the communication part where you're supposed to actually learn this person deeply and determine if they are a right fit for you and your life. And what happens is, you didn't do that. You didn't ask the questions and truly actively listen and communicate with them how you are and learn how they are. And so now you're at a point where you want to change them. That's so stupid. I hate when people do that. That happens so much. They come into a relationship. They get with you for who you are. 
and all of a sudden they want to pass judgment and change who you are. Like, why the fuck did you get with me then? I'm saying, why did you get with this person? Mm -hmm. You should have got with the other person. Instead of you walking across that bridge slowly and getting to know that person, you jumped across that bridge. You skipped all the steps. Yeah. I agree. And that's what actually we're going to get into a little bit more of this on the after show because there's a few things on this point that I want to touch upon. But I have always, that was one thing, even I was honest with you from Jump Street, what I've been through. I went to prison, my past, I sold drugs. Mm -hmm. I told you everything. Mm -hmm. I laid it out. That's what I do. You communicated. I I didn't fucking bullshit you. I didn't paint this. I'm just this trainer, Mike. And no, you probably thought like from... Outside looking in, oh, he's just this trainer dude, got tattoos. No, you don't know me. I come from the streets. I come from gang life. I come from prison. You know what I'm saying? I'm a different breed. I'm not just these trainers that came from a degree from college and got a trainer job. No, I'm 100% complete opposite of majority of them. Yeah, what I'm, but the point is you communicated yes. that. So you communicated all those things, which is why, again, we were building. We didn't know. We, we didn't watch Lewis Howes back then. No. But we were building a really good foundation because what were we doing? Sharing. What did I do? I wanted to. I remember I told you I want to tell you all my skeletons yep. because I don't want them to be weaponized against me. Exactly. I've done this. I've done this. I'm I'm not perfect. I'm, I wanted you to know. I didn't put my best foot forward. I wanted you to know everything about me because I wanted to find someone who loved me for me. And so I didn't realize back then, but that was a very important thing that we were doing. You did it and we did it very early on, which is very important. You got to do this stuff early on. We did it early on. And then, so we, there wasn't, we didn't have an issue when it came to acceptance and respect. We had true acceptance for each other and respect for each other and our pasts and our history. And I remember there was even a time where you asked me something like, oh, should I not say that in front of your parents or whatever? Let them know. I think that you had been to prison. And I'm like, no, that's who you are. That's part of you. It's a big part of you. And I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah. I didn't care. I don't no. care. I, no, I, I wanted to be honest because if you're a judgmental and, and, and judge me about it, how the problem with now's your time to go my or my time to go both of us to go that's the opportunity to cut bait and go the opposite direction because you might want a clean cut guy with a Yale or a Harvard degree I don't know you know what I'm saying everybody's different everybody wants something some people yeah. want a clean cut guy some people want a bad boy they like that kind of but the problem what I'm saying is though what the mistake a lot of people make is they want the they want this so bad that they will say and do anything to get it and then you're gonna Whenever you do that, you're going to deal with the ramification down the road. You're not going to enter into a lasting relationship. Remember, this is about finding like your true soulmate, your true like long lasting love, not just for right now. Like the goal, right, is to last forever. You know, we have a a goal in 50 years to be married 50 years. Those fucking goddamn stroke don't get me, but ain't going to get me. I'm going to fight you. Trust that. You ain't going to take me out that Why easy. Why are you going to say the stroke? Why? <laughs> Let's try to talk about the stroke I'm today. joking. Got to be funny, too. Candidly with coffee. <laughs> Got to be candid. <laughs> All right. So next up is appreciation and truly learning how the other person receives love and needs love so that you can make sure they... they because you may love someone and you truly do love... You've created a good foundation, but you want to make sure that they receive your love because people, and this goes into love languages and some people don't believe in love languages. I do. I think that it makes a lot of sense. We all got our different love languages for sure. Everybody's different. Again, the reason why we work is we're both not affectionate people. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, let me ask you. See, we're asking questions, communication. Then what would you say your love language is? I think I know it, but I'm going to ask you. What, what is it? If, no, I'm asking you. You can't do that. You have to answer. I'm going to list them off, and you're going to tell me what the best way that you feel loved is by which which love language is the most. Most people have multiple, but what's the number one? It's physical touch, words of affirmation, acts of service, gifts, or quality time. Probably acts of service and quality time. Uh, yes, I knew your love language. I love you're it. You're making my coffee. That's I know, know your, your love language is you pay attention to, if I pay attention to small details and things like that. But yes, I knew your love languages, of course. I should know them, right? Do you know mine? Yeah, gifts. <laughs> What's the second one? Acts of service. Yes. <laughs> you're a foodie. If I surprise you at a McDonald's meal and just show up right out of bed, you'll be happy as hell. With some donuts or a box of donuts, you're happy as hell. Yeah, and I want <laughs> it goes hand in hand because I don't want people to think when I see gifts that are extravagant. No, it's not. It goes hand in hand with acts of service. I like to feel like someone knows me. Like I like to feel like he knows me, and he yes, like and. I'll give you a perfect example. You didn't come into bed and kiss me on the good night and give me a hug or a kiss on the forehead last night. What did you do? You brought me a slice of pizza. That's love to me. And I don't know if this, that's like a gift and acts of service in the same transaction, I should say. But you would have been, you would have been robbed of a good slice of pizza. And even though you went to bed, I was like, no, she has to have her slice of pizza yeah. still. Because I knew yeah. you were craving. It was on your yeah. mind. But that's a perfect example. It's not, and I, I don't want people to think that it's, I want Louis Vuitton bags and all stuff. That's not it at all. And you know that I'm not materialistic yeah, that yeah. way, but I like to feel like somebody thought of you and they're not just doing something to check a box. Oh, I got to get a gift. I got to check the box. I like to know that like they thought of me and they know me. That makes me feel love. And I think it comes from my child. I was trying to think about this. It comes from my childhood because my mom was never really, I love you. I love you. She was not, but I always felt loved by my mom and yeah. she did acts of service and gifts. That's how she expressed her love. She was more comfortable doing that. And I think that's what, it always comes from child. I think you're right. I think my mother did the same thing. I don't remember telling me she loved me a lot either, but she always cared and she always made sure I had food and ate and that I was yeah. all right. And did you ever feel, but did you feel loved by her? Yes. Yeah. Even though we bumped heads, I still felt loved by her. Yeah. See, so that's it. I was thinking it came from my childhood for sure is uh, that, and I would say my next, my third one is probably is quality time because you have multiple ones, but yeah, gifts and access service and for definitely for you, quality time and access service. So that anyways, guys, we're on a tangent there, but um, it's important to know. It's important yeah. to know, and you don't have to have the same love language as your partner, but you have to be at least comfortable with giving them their love language. And if you're not, and where this becomes a problem is the physical touch and yeah. words of affirmation. That's a big problem for me. Always has been because I'm not that I'm not that person. And it's funny speaking on this. There's five love languages. Mm -hmm. I read that book in prison too. By mm -hmm. the way, there's a book. Yeah, that's it. I read it. I don't remember quite well, but I remember reading yeah. it. Because I wanted to game myself up when I came home. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure I understood the game better. I was young. I was only, what, 30, 30, barely 31 years old when I got out? Doesn't it help you to know what mine is? That's my love language. You don't have to mess with the words of affirmation, the physical. Nah. Now, obviously, listen, we don't have a problem in the physical touch department. No. But I don't need the physical. I don't need it. You don't need it. 100 kisses a day or your head, your hand rubbed and... 
I got to squeeze you tight in public because I'm insecure. I want another man. No, I don't need to do all that shit. (laughs) Let me tell you what happens if you don't, if you do not, if your partner doesn't speak to you in your love language, you then do not feel loved and you don't feel appreciated. Yep. And you build resentment. So true. Because I used to think something was wrong with me. I always tell you that. I used to think like something wrong with me because I'm not an affectionate kind of dude and I get called out by certain girls. I didn't understand it. That was her love language. It wasn't mine. It's too young to understand that. Mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to know. But now it all makes sense. You know, as I got older, like, mm-hmm. aha, this is just who I am. All right, you guys, moving on. The next one is growth. I love this one. Growth is you're going to grow. Everyone should grow. You're, but the problem is when you're in a relationship, a long-term relationship, and if you grow, there's two things that could happen. You're going to grow together or you're going to grow apart. Very true. So you have to actively, you have to actively work on growing together. It doesn't mean you have to be working on the same things, but if you're both wanting growth, you both support each other in your growth. You both want the other to be happy. You're not resistant to growth. So you try to hold them back from growing because it makes you feel uncomfortable. That's a problem. That's not going to work. What do we talk about? We haven't talked about that in personal development, Mm -hmm. meaning change your physical. Sometimes Mm -hmm. the other person has a problem with that. They Mm -hmm. want to hold you down because Mm -hmm. they don't have the discipline or the mindset to to grow along with you. We've both seen it. Yeah. Just remember, grow together or grow apart. That's it. It couldn't have made it more simpler for you guys. Grow together or grow apart. Simple as that. Mm -hmm. All right. Next one is quality time. It's actually one of the love languages, but you have to spend quality time together because otherwise you're just going to end up as roommates. You're going to end up growing apart. Yep. Because if you're not spending time together, you will, that growth that's happening, it'll happen, but it'll grow in separate directions. You won't, you won't over time. You won't even know each other very well. And here's the problem. People in the beginning do the quality time, but over time, because of all the other steps are missing that we talked about, People skip the quality time. They just think they don't date anymore. They don't spend time with each other anymore. They live literally separate lives. And without quality time, you just have a roommate. I think people forget that even though you're together, let's just say you end up married like we did. You still got to go on dates together. Mm -hmm. Don't skip that part. It's important you have alone time, quality time. That's very important. Have date night. Make it a point. It's so true. I think we watched, you told me about a program, one of those housewives shows, and they're both real busy career people, but they make it a point. To have at least one date mm-hmm. night a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, date night is important. We have our date night and I love it. I look forward to That's like my favorite day of the week. It's like a Friday night when we go to dinner and we just download. And we spend a lot of time together. But it's still... That's not normal. We, no. <laughs> Most couples don't go to the workout to the gym together in the morning, podcast in the, all day long. But yes, quality time. And like I said, we... Spend a lot of time together, but we still make it a point to do the date night because the date night, we're not, it's not about work. We're about, we're being a couple Yeah. on date night. Exactly. And it's important and it makes you, it definitely strengthens the bond. Yes, it does. For sure. It's good quality time. The last one is adaptability. So you want to be flexible. You have to be flexible with each other, not too rigid. And this is a really important thing. One person should not always be compromising. Compromise usually builds resentment. If there's always having to be compromising, it builds resentment. Yeah, the relationship can't be a one-way street, basically what she's saying. It has to be a two-way street. It has to be 
flowing together. But if you're so different that it requires compromising all the time, it's eventually it's going to build resentment. And it's, I think it's not the key to a lasting relationship. And if you're so rigid, you can't be flexible. Being flexible is different than being, than compromising. Because to me, being flexible means you're both giving a little. Yeah, and not true. one is hard and fast and the other one's always having to compromise because yes. that person, they're going to build so much fucking resentment. That relationship is doomed. Exactly. Done deal. Ain't going to last. Because the thing about resentment, you guys, it builds, it fills. Think about it like a cup. Here's my analogies again. It Every time you start to feel resentment, it builds, but it usually doesn't empty. So it might stop. It if compounds. Things, it compounds. So it might stop if things get better. But then the next time things get bad again, it's just filling. And what do we talk about? It takes, then at the end, it takes just one tiny little thing to spilleth over. Yeah, you have water inside the bowl over the stove. You have it on setting two. It's warm. Then it goes to four. It's warmer. Then it goes to six, eight. Eventually it gets to the boiling point. Once it gets to that boiling point, that person who felt that's compromising, mm-hmm. it's going to snap. They're mm-hmm. going to blow. That's just the way it goes. And it could be like the littlest thing. Yep. Smallest loti. What do we say? All it takes is the straw that broke the camel's back. Yep. That's where that saying comes from. All right, you guys, hopefully you got some gems out of this. Hopefully you are in a relationship that has some of these things, but there are some of these things you can work on, like asking more questions or doing a date night. And hopefully if you are in a miserable relationship that has none of these things, but you're holding on for, I don't know what reason, your hope, then this <laughs> will, that this will help you to like, maybe it's time to move on and maybe try to picture your life. Like, don't be a crab in a bucket trying to call out of it. They throw you a line, but you can't seem to grab that line. Yeah. All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you on the next one. Should be a good one.